So today we're going to be in Psalm 96. So if you already opened there, you're able to just pull your Bible uh, and follow along here today. But we're going, to, we're going to kind of jump in a little bit of different directions today. So usually we work through a chapter, we work through a portion of Scripture. Uh, today we're going to be kind of going in a couple of different places. And we're going to be talking about singing. Singing. Um, I, the other day I was, I was listening to someone uh, who was preaching on singing. And I heard just a couple of minutes looking at, actually it was out of Psalm 96. And, and I thought to myself, you know, how often do we talk about why we sing, what we should sing, what that looks like? Not very often, right? You, we, know, we know we should sing. Some people know they like to sing. Some people don't like to sing. So today we're going to look at, look at singing. Uh, if you have a King James Bible, according to Blue Letter Bible, the word sing is mentioned in the psalm 70 times. 70 times. That's a lot. Singing is mentioned in many different places in the Bible. Music is a common theme in different parts of Scripture. We see music in rejoicing, music in trouble, music in times of difficulty, music in celebration. So today we're going to talk about music in the church. So I came across a list of things, this is not my list, of things that Christians think of while they're singing at church. The first thing is, did I turn the pot roast on before I left? The next one is, did I turn the iron off before I left? That's a terrible feeling, isn't it? Has that ever happened to you before? Did I turn the iron off? <laughs> Will the person behind me ever hit the right note? Only 90 minutes left until kickoff. Where are my car keys? What are the chances of that chandelier falling and hitting me on the head? <laughs> how many people in here have lost more hair than I have? And I wonder how many verses of this song we're going to sing. Maybe that doesn't represent you, but uh, I have memories as a kid being in church and uh, we would do at times, we'd do favorite hymns, right? And, and opening up the hymnal, and somebody would sing their favorite hymn. And, and uh, at times, we'd do favorite hymns and say three verses. And sometimes we didn't. Sometimes we'd sing all eight verses of a song. And I remember looking at it like, oh, man, that's a lot of verses. <laughs> but, you know, musical music is an integral part of culture. Um, it, it's interesting because no matter what culture you find yourself in the world, uh, the majority, overwhelming majority of them have some type of music. It's very different. It sounds different. Some you might like, some you might not like. Even within our own cultures, in our own culture, there are different styles of music, different preferences of music, different opinions on what sounds good and what doesn't. But think about this for a minute. Just about everywhere we go, there is music, right? There is. If you walk in the grocery store and you're shopping, you're going to hear music. Right? Whether you're at Walmart or BB's, you're going to hear music playing in the store. If you're driving in your car and you turn on the radio, there's music. If you have a cell phone, there's music. If you're trying to get away from music, there's almost always that person that's going to whistle somewhere around you and try and make music. I'm convinced that whistling doesn't fall under the music category, but under the joyful noise category. <laughs> there's only so much whistling one can take. Let's go farther. I think of my own experiences. I think of growing up in Bolivia. 
think of sitting in the soccer stadium of, of Wiedersermann and watching the game and hearing the stadium sing along and the, and the song that would be sung when they would be doing really well. Those of you who were Eagles fans, every time a touchdown is scored, right? What's that song? Fly, Eagles, fly, right? Music can also have a, a very special place in our hearts. I remember growing up and... Uh, that when my mom's mom died, we flew back from Bolivia to come to America. And uh, I, I can still remember the song that I listened to on my Discman. Does everybody remember a Discman, right? Remember the song I listened to on my Discman uh, throughout that whole time. Um, I remember getting on the plane in Bolivia and taking off and listening to that song. I remember uh, being in a car. I don't remember where I was here, but somewhere in a car, someone had picked us up, heading to the airport to go back to Bolivia, listening to that same song. I remember getting on the plane. I can still feel the, the thrust of the plane engines pushing me back as we're getting ready to take off, listening to that song. Music ingrains itself inside of us. I don't know about you guys, but we usually have some type of music playing in our house. We share a Spotify account. And uh, there's times I'll be listening to it here in the office, and all of a sudden it, it disappears. It's not there anymore. And I look, and down at the bottom, Cocoa Melon's playing. If you know what Cocoa Melon is, like the wheels on the bus go around and around. And I'm like, I'm like, glad it's not coming out of my speakers because I, I can only take so much of that. And for some reason, my, my parents in Bolivia, they, they have their Google Home connected to our Spotify. I don't know how it happened. We can't get it off. We've tried so many things. We've changed our password. They've tried to take it off. So every once in a while, my dad in Bolivia will take our Spotify account and be listening to music in Bolivia. A Spanish song will come on, and it's, it's being played over there. And so you can con I can control it from here. And so I'll just I'll put on, uh, I think I put on the Hokey Pokey the one time. He was out for a run, and I, so I was like, what is this? He took my music. Hokey Pokey. You can listen to that while you run, right? <laughs> so he's jogging down the road and putting his right hand in and right hand out. Anyways, music, music has a huge part in the life of the majority of people. There are some who don't like music at all, yet music is a large part of what we do when we gather together, isn't it? We sing for about 20 minutes. That's, that's a lot of time for the hour and five or ten minutes that we gather together. We dedicate a lot of it to music. Why is that? I'm going to get to the answers to these questions. Just follow along with me here today. I didn't live as much through the worship wars as maybe some others did. I wasn't experienced in it as much. If you don't know what the worship wars are, there was a time uh, in the church where the more contemporary music kind of started to come about, and there were those who had no time for contemporary music. At the same time, there were those who only wanted modern music and wanted nothing to do with traditional music. And within, within that... Uh, disagreement came what's known as the worship wars, where churches would be completely divided over certain types of songs. I remember hearing someone referring to uh, hymns as funeral music, and I remember hearing someone else refer to contemporary music as, as basically repetitive garbage would basically be a, a, a summary of it. The funny thing is, is that there are many contemporary songs played at many funerals, and there are many hymns that are very repetitive. But it was something that was very divisive within the church. Churches split over it. I can still, I, I've, seen, I've seen people who refuse to sing a genre of music because it's not their preference. 
I've, I've, I've led music from the front and watched people stand up and refuse to sing a contemporary song because it's contemporary, not because of the words of the song. I've seen people stand up and refuse to sing a hymn because it's a hymn. <laughs> it's a heart condition, what that speaks of, a heart problem. So why do we sing? Why do we sing? Why do we gather together and sing praises to God? So we're going to start, instead of going to Psalm 96, we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 5 today. So uh, flip with me to Ephesians. It's a little bit farther in your Bible. It's after Genesis and before Revelation. Ephesians chapter 5. Paul is talking about how believers are to walk, right? How they are to live their lives. So right before this, in the beginning part of chapter 5, we see a whole bunch of things that believers are to avoid. Don't do this. Stay away from this. This should not be named among you. These kinds of things and talking about different sin. And today we're dealing with the topic of singing, right? And so I'm not going to get into those other things here today. But look, look with me. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as wise, unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms. My goodness, it sounds like there might be room for more than one type of music within the church. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, so Paul says, listen, I want you to walk in the Spirit. The days are evil. Make the most out of your time. Avoid all these things, he says before this. And then he talks about what we are to do as believers. And he says this, he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. What does is, what is being drunk with wine do? It impairs your cognitive state. Don't be that way. The Spirit does not impair your cognitive state. The Bible says that the Spirit, that God has given us a spirit of what? Of a sound mind. Right? If someone's drunk, do they have a sound mind? Absolutely not. We worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Being filled with the Spirit, address one another in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs. Why do we do this? Well, the Bible tells us to. That's, and that's a very good answer. We do it for God's glory. There's a number of different reasons that we sing within the church. One of the reasons is that we're told to sing, right? And we're told to sing different types of things. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're to testify of what he's done. Now we get to Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. A new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Charles Spurgeon, he said, A new song, always new. Keep up the freshness of your praise. Do not drivel down into dull routine. We have new mercies to celebrate. Therefore, we must have new songs. Sing to the Lord a new song. 
Book of Isaiah 42, this is not the only place in the Bible that talks about a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that fills it. The coastlands and their inhabitants. Now does this mean that we should not sing old songs? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what it's referring to, imagine with me for the moment, that we sang the same five songs every Sunday. How much would you enjoy the time of singing praises to God? Driving the car. I bet, we're no, I, bet I know what we're going to sing today. <laughs> same song we sang last week. And the same songs we sung the week before. I'm someone who likes to listen to the same song over and over and over again. And Sarah is so gracious and merciful and lets me do that. Right now I'm listening to a song called Hallelujah, Christ Will Come Again by Shane and Shane. You should listen to it if you haven't yet. It will bless your socks off. And we're going to put it in the weekly email update this next week um, just because it's such a fantastic song. But I've probably listened to that song about 30 times already because I just, I love it. It's so good. And it's going to come a little while where that song isn't going to mean as much to me. And I'm going to find another new song that somebody else had been singing that, that just really speaks to my heart. And I really appreciate the truth and the message that comes out of Scripture in it. And I'll start listening to that song for a while. There are times in our lives where God brings different music into our lives to speak to different situations that we're walking through. There are still some songs from the 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s that I do not enjoy listening to anymore. Because I grew up and we sang them all the time. <laughs> all the time. And we'd sing them over and over and over and over again all the time. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't mean they're not worshipful. It doesn't mean they're not truthful. It doesn't mean that God isn't praised when those songs are sung. They just don't speak the same way to me. And if I'm in a place that's singing a song like that, or if Bill would choose a song like that, I would sing it out with all my heart. Not because, because it's not about me. When I sing in song, it's about giving praise to God. It's about testifying of who he is, about declaring his glory to my neighbor, to my friend, to the nations. We don't sing a song just because it's new either. We live in the day and age where there are new Christian songs coming out quicker than you can count them. So many churches, uh, music groups, whatever it would be, um, release another song after another song after another song. We don't just sing a song because it's new. We sing music in church because it communicates truth. It communicates truth of who God is. Look at verse 2. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. What's the next one? Tell of his salvation from day to day. If you go through the rest of Psalm 96, and we're going to read through it. We're not going to work through each verse. We're going to read through it because we're going to some other places. But that's, that is what the psalmist is doing, is declaring who God is, singing the truth of who God is. That's when we gather together. We oftentimes think of, of worship as this personal thing just to ourselves. And, and there absolutely is a personal component to our worship. Yet our worship is also, it also affects other people. Tell of his salvation. The way that we live our lives in worship, because here's, here's something that, that we've, we've been guilty of as a church. I don't mean Mount Vernon, but just in culture, is that we refer to worship as music alone. 
right? Man, that was a great 20 minutes of worship today. Well, where were you the other 45 minutes of the service, right? Or where were you before that? Because worship isn't just what we sing. It's how we live. It's what we think. It's how we act. It's how we respond to the Lord. It's if we follow His will. Worship is everything that encompasses our lives. But what is trendy, if that's the right word to use, maybe not, is that worship is, is just song. So uh, I'll hear, and, and I'm not, this is nothing about Mount Vernon, but I'll hear, man, that was, that, was a gr- that was great worship at that church. Oh, really? Yeah, we sang one song and it was fantastic. And the only thing that's being referred to is, is the music. Yet our worship is much more than that. It's much more than that. Singing is a part of worship. Our worship is the way we live our lives, the way we speak, the way we act, the way we give, the way we love, the way we surrender to God, the way that we deny ourselves. All of those things are act of worship to a holy God. And as believers, we should be singing the truth of God's word. We sing the gospel. We sing the gospel that others might know, that others might hear. The truth about a God who saves his people from their sins. Look at the rest of Psalm 96. Sing a new song, and then we get to declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. I can almost hear a melody in my head as this is going on. Imagine the voices of God's people singing this and echoing in the sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. We sing of God's glory, of God's strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory, do his name, bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the Lord is established. The world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Does it matter what we sing? Absolutely. It's clear when we look at Scripture, that singing is to come from our heart, to declare of who God is, of His greatness, of His mercy, of His strength. But let me ask you this question. What happens when we gather together as a body and we sing a song? What happens? Well, well, Tony, you know, here's what happens. We stand up and we all start singing and it sounds really cool and the person next to me is really off-key You know what happens is teaching happens. Music is a form of teaching. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the melody. I'm talking about the words of the song, right? Don't, don't, don't allow yourself to believe for a minute that the words of a song don't matter. That is, that is so untrue. It's, you're putting that in your heart. The words of a song absolutely matter. 
It's a form of teaching. Psalm 40, verse 3. We looked at Psalm 40 a little while ago, a couple weeks ago. He said, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Look at this. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Why? Because of what God's done and what I'm singing about, what I'm telling you about, because of what's happened. There are people that are going to put their trust in God because of what God's done, but I'm going to sing about it. Music is a form of teaching. Music is to be done with a thankful heart. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Again, we see a, a uh, it's hard to kind of pull them apart, but there's a difference in those. But how are you supposed to do it? With thankfulness in your hearts to God. Guys, as, as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we, we know that we always have something to be thankful for. As Christians, there's always something to be thankful for. Even in the most painful and the most difficult times, we can sing to God with thankfulness because of who he is and what he's done. But we're not only just to sing to sing. We're to sing with understanding. As believers, we are to be critical thinkers, right? That means that we have a brain. God gave us the brain and we're intended to use it. That is included in our songs. Psalm 47, 7. This is King James. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Now, I'll be completely honest. When I was a kid and we would open the hymnal, there was just about a song every week, I'm sure, where there were words in there I had no idea what they meant. And I would sing them. I was singing with a lack of understanding. But I was singing. My heart, I believe, was probably most times in the right place. I probably wasn't worried about the chandelier. I'm sure there were times where I was looking at other things or thinking of other things. But we are to sing with understanding. That means we know why we're singing what we're singing. That's some of the reasons. I, I, I appreciate Bill. He's very careful with what songs we sing. Songs that are, communicate gospel truth. Songs that communicate truth from the Word of God. Songs that we understand the words in together, whether it's hymns or more modern music. The psalmist says, I'm going to sing, and I'm going to sing praises with understanding. God doesn't desire mindless praise. Say that one more time. God doesn't desire mindless praise. God gave us a mind. He did not give us a mind so that we would just throw it out, but that we would use it for His glory, for His glory. So singing with understanding also means that there are times that we choose to not sing something because it's theologically incorrect. So you might have a song that that you really like and go to Bill and be like, hey, Bill, man, we got to sing this song at church. And Bill's going to be like, look at this line. Did you ever read this line before? What do you think that means? I've come across multiple songs, uh, whether hymns or, or modern, there are both, that are theologically just not sound doctrine. They might sound good, they might feel good, they might be exciting, they might be easy to sing, but they communicate something that isn't biblical truth. I remember, I remember hearing a song, it wasn't that long ago, um, a couple of years ago, that I thought, man, this song would be great as a part of our Christmas Eve service. And I was, I just, but, but as I was listening to it, there was one line that I kept getting stuck on. 
And I listen to it again. And I get stuck on that one line. And I listen to it again. And I'm like, man. And, I, and I'm not going to tell you the song or anything like that. Um, but but what, was, what was communicated wasn't theologically sound. And what I realized, um, the song had to do with what, is, what was the purpose in Christ's coming. Right? What was the purpose in Christ's coming? And, and, and Jesus tells us what his purpose was in coming, right? For the Son of Man, in Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. John 17.4, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work you gave me to do. Jesus came to live a perfect life and give up that life on the cross that we would one day be able to live with a holy God, fulfilling the will of the Father for the glory. But this song gave another reason for Jesus coming. One that sounded really good, really happy, and very exciting. But it wasn't, it wasn't biblical truth. So I took that song and put it away, and we never sang it. And there are multiple instances of stuff like that, even here at Mount Vernon, where there are songs Bill and I will talk about and look at and decide, nope, that's not one for us. Because our time of singing is a time of glorifying God. It's a time of teaching it's something that we're to do with understanding. And as we look at those three things, there are certain songs that have the Christian label but don't match those categories. So it's not for us. It's not for here. It's not for this place. It matters what we sing. Because we're singing to a holy God. We're to understand what we sing. And we're to sing of his greatness. And we end with this today. Psalm 59, 16. But I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been, a, you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in my day of distress. The psalmist declares that he will sing of God's strength and God's love. He will sing of the truth of who God is. For God's glory, that people will see, know, and fear the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you that you gave us music. Father, there are very few things like hearing a sanctuary filled with your people singing truth of who you are. I thank you that Mount Vernon is a singing church, that people enjoy singing. Father, I ask that you would help us to communicate your truth. Lord, help us to be aware. Help us to sing with understanding. Father, if there's a word we don't know, remind us to look it up. Lord, if there's a song that we hear Help us to be able to process through it theologically. For your glory, that you would be praised, that your name would be known, that your kingdom would be furthered. Because you are a great God who deserves more praise than we can ever gather. Yet, Lord, we will sing and we will declare and we will bow before you in reverence to who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray.